This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 54 of Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and I'm a little conscientious because my daughter and my wife were both making fun of me yesterday and they tell me that I change my voice whenever I start doing the show. (laughs) They say say I start doing my radio voice. So I said, oh, so I sound like Cosmic Potato, the Super... And my daughter's like, yes, that's what you sound like. And I'm like, no. But sitting across the virtual table from me is my co-host and Mad Sweeney's uh, spirit animal, John Irons. John, how are you? I'm great, John. How the heck are you? <laughs> In your radio voice. That's and... my DJ voice, dog. <laughs> and joining us on the line tonight is our friend from the Simply Syndicated Network, Rick. How are you, sir? Gentlemen, it is such a pleasure to be here. I'm great. I'm doing fantastic. Back to you, Sean. Hey, yeah. How you doing, everybody? All right. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, stop that now. <laughs> yeah. I just felt bad in my mouth. <laughs> Tonight, our uh, our topic is going to be true confessions and guilty pleasures. And, you know, before you turn the show off, I'm talking about movies and TV. You don't have to worry we're not proclaim we're not proclaiming our fetishes or anything like that. We do that on a different podcast. You have to go to the dark web for that show. So, um, but before we get to uh, get into that, we're going to discuss a few things that are happening in the movie and TV world. But before th- we do that, we're going to play a game. Woo! And this this game is based on the Family Feud, but it's Marvel edition. And we changed the rules a little bit since there's only three of us and only two contestants are actually playing, so there's no families involved. (laughs) So I've got a stack of cards that I bought at my local Five Below. Do you guys have a Five Below store where you got where you live? Uh, I thought it was like a burger place. No, five. I think I've. What is Five Below? Five Below is like a. It's kind of like a dollar store, but everything is five dollars or less. And they have T-shirts and games and you know action figures and you know stuff like that. We were there yesterday. We were there yesterday. I think I've seen the sign in the mall, but I've never been in, so I didn't know what it was. We uh we were in there yesterday because uh, we're going to the beach next week, and my wife wanted to buy some beach toys and you know things like that. And I picked up a Family Feud Marvel Edition game. So 
I have no idea what these questions are going to be. I'm just going to ask one, and the way it's going to work is I will ask a question, and you guys will try to be the first one to, to, to give me an answer that's one of the answers on the card. You know, they do the thing where they take a survey, and they've got the top answers on the card. And uh, if one of you says an answer that's on the card, then it goes to you, and you can decide if you want to pass it to the other person or if you want to play. Okay. So, do I need to buzz in with my phone? Uh, I think all we can sure do is just an yeah, just shout out an answer, and the first the one that says one that's actually on the card, it'll it'll be their turn. Okay. All right. So, name Rocket Raccoon's Wolverine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> name name I Rocket. I got it now. I got it now. I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready. Rocket Raccoon's favorite tool to build inventions with. Groot. <laughs> that's, Ooh, that's good. That's not on. That was not one of the answers. <laughs> John. Uh, antimatter. Nope. Nope. Neither that one. That guy's of them. leg. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess I ask another one since neither one of those questions were on there. Neither no, I'm sorry. Flathead screwdriver. Like screwdriver was one. Okay, so you want to pass or play? Uh, I'll play. Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to try and name as many of these that are on this card as you can without getting three wrong. So if you give me three answers that are not on the card, then it goes to Rick, okay? Okay, how many answers are on the card? There are eight. All right. For the record, our answers were were (laughs) top-notch. And you already said said screwdriver, so screwdriver is already off, so there's seven left. All right. Alright, so I'll say a uh, wrench. That is one. I'll say a hammer. That is one. I will say a ratchet. That is not one. I didn't think it was, although again, top notch answer. Ratchet raccoon is right there. <laughs> okay, so try again. Oh right, right. I get I'm sorry. You get three um, yeah, you get three three wrong answers, so uh, pliers. Pliers is on there. Um, standard tool. Um, does it just say screwdriver? Or does it specify flat head or Phillips head? It just said screwdriver. Yeah. All right. Um, you sound like my students when we, when they have to do the tool quiz. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's important. Uh, are we talking metric? Or, no. Uh, right. <laughs> how about how about a soldering iron? That is not on here. All right. So I got one more fail, right? Yeah. Uh, super glue. No duct tape. Duct tape. No duct tape is not on here. What? Okay, Rick. So if you if you can if you can name one of the answers that are on here, then the point goes to you. Isn't that how Family Feud works? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't know, but that seems unfair. He <laughs> <laughs> only has to get one. I've got to get eight. Okay, so you've already said screwdriver, hammer, wrench, and pliers. Yeah. Um. And what? Can you read the question one more time, please? Yeah. Yeah. Name Rocket Raccoon's favorite tool to build inventions with. Inventions with. Um, a drill. Yes, drill is on there. Okay. Bing, 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 so Rick gets the point. 
And the other answers oh, were yeah. uh, <laughs> the answers were laser, mini torch, paperclip, and pliers were the ones that were not named. And let's do one more. I'm going to pull another card. Paperclip, but not duct tape. I know. I know. <laughs> Talk about I wish I had a oscilloscope. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> we use duct tape for everything. But yeah, he's always making stuff on the fly. That's another Guardians of the Galaxy question. I want to find. I'm just disappointed it didn't say that guy's leg. <laughs> that would have been good. That was really good. Groot should have been on there. It really should have. Groot should have been on there. Antimatter, I thought was viable. Okay. Okay. Um, if you could have dinner with any Spider-Man villain, who would you choose? Doctor Octopus. Doctor Octopus is on there, uh, John. You want it, There's one above that. If you if you can guess the uh, the one that's above that, then it'll go to you. Isn't that how it works? I think that's how it works. No. Uh, just, oh is, wait. Does black does Black Cat count as a villain? Because uh, it would be Black Cat. Yeah, but Black Cat's not on the list, so it goes it goes okay. to Rick. All right, Rick. So you get uh, you get the name some until you get three wrong answers, or I can pass. Or you how, can pass. Many- that's right. You can pass. How, how many are on there? There's eight, including the one that you already said. Oh, no, I'm passing. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just name each one of Doc Ock's arms. <laughs> yeah. You're good. All right, John, so try. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have dinner with any Spider-Man villain, which would you choose? And this is basically just make a list of Spider-Man villains. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm honestly trying to think, can I think of eight Spider-Man villains that are like specifically Spider-Man villains. That's why right, I so let's, <laughs> so let's go with uh, Sandman. Sandman is on there. Um, Venom. Yes. Green Goblin. Green Goblin is number one. Okay. Who are these people? Dinner? <laughs> no. This oh. is this is the family the family feud Marvel edition game box. <laughs> like, would I want to meet him? Maybe, but I would not. No, dinner would not go well. Have I dinner, think. have dinner with Venom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you would be the main be dinner, course. Be dinner. Yeah, I would be dinner. Right? Um, let's see. How about uh, Vulture? Uh, Vulture is not on here. Uh, the Shocker. Shocker is not on here. He should be. Um, <laughs> sorry, kids. You'll get that when you're older. Um, I saw a truck with that on the back of it the other day. It was like, wow, you must be a quality individual. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, it's kind of a reach, but let's say Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin is not on here. That's three strikes. Oh, okay, that's fine, and I'm and I'm happy to to concede. But okay. I still have to I come actually, up with one more. Yeah, yeah. Rick well, has to come well, up with one. I will. I will toss you this, and you can feel free to use it or not. Because as I think about it, it probably is the one that I would most likely like to have dinner with. Mysterio. Mysterio is not on here. Okay, well, don't use that one. Oh, I can I can think of two. Uh, Electro, Electro is on here. So Rick <laughs> Rick wins the game with two points. <laughs> the other uh, the other people on the card were Lizard, Craven, oh, right. 
uh, Electro and Kingpin. So, mm. so that was fun. But oh, I'm glad I went with Electro because the other one I was thinking of was was the rhinoceros or whatever the hell he's called. Rhino. 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 Yeah, and some of these, I mean, some of these cards, are, like, if Captain America was president, which ally would he pick for his vice president? You know? <laughs> and it's basically just a list of Avengers. Thor, Hulk, Bucky, yeah. Iron Man, the Falcon. Okay, so. I feel like they did not legitimately poll 100 adults on this. Yeah. I feel like they just were, they went through their list of Marvel properties. That is, that is apparently what it is. But, you know. It was five. Well, just remember where you bought this game. So. Yeah, yeah. It was five dollars yeah, at five right. below. So you know, as I was preparing to edit last week's show, it was uh, last Saturday. I found out that Adam West had passed away, and I made yeah. I made a little tag at the beginning of the show to kind of acknowledge it. But we wouldn't be who we were if we didn't have a little bit of a tribute to the man here on the show. So I'll just say that I was born in. 1977. So technically, Adam West was not my first Batman. My first Batman was Michael Keaton, and I guess my favorite Batman is Kevin Conroy. But after the '89 movie came out, a lot of channels started showing that old TV show again, the old '66 show, and so that was where I saw it for the first time. And I was lucky because uh, the show was originally kind of made as a campy parody of the comic, but there was just enough action to appeal to the kids while being enough of a comedy to, to where adults would enjoy it too. And I was 12. So I was old enough to kind of see, kind of see both of it, but I really, really enjoyed it. But Adam West, 88 years old. I'll be very, I'll consider myself a, a very successful if I make it to 88. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, he had, Adam West had a, he had an acting career before and after Batman, but, that's pretty much mostly what he's known for. He kind of got typecast at that point, and most of his uh, acting after Batman was kind of playing off the fact that he was Batman. And I think he kind of resented it for a while because I've heard a lot of stories about people not having that great of an experience meeting him at conventions and things like that. But he, well, he was he was resentful for a long time, but yeah. then uh, he finally got to a point where he realized he wasn't going to shake it. Yeah, and so he embraced it, and then, uh, and he just he just ate it up, and just started appearing on all kinds of things, you know, lending his voice or showing up or or stuff like that. So uh, he kind of kind of did a similar uh, thing to what Nimoy Leonard Nimoy did with Spock, although Nimoy definitely got more work than just Spock, whereas Adam West after Batman really couldn't get much else. Yeah. Yeah, everybody wanted to offer him a, a, a show that was kind of in the same vein as Batman, a campy, a campy superhero type show, where he mm-hmm. was basically playing the same character. And, and uh, yeah, he, he he learned to accept it over the years. He came out with an animated mo- a Batman movie last year that I thought was was great, even though it was a little bit too long for what it was. <laughs> I keep forgetting to look for that. What was it called? Do you remember? It was called. Uh, Return of the Cape Crusader. I think it was called Return of the Cape Crusaders or something like that. And um, it had it had Adam West. It had Burt Ward doing the voices of Batman and Robin. And it had... Um, uh, was it Lee Merriweather? That played? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had her doing Catwoman's voice. All the rest of the villains, of course, were voiced by different people because they've all passed away. But um, 
but it was very campy. It was a lot like, kind of like a mashup between the animated series and the old 66 show. So if you can imagine taking the animated series and making it into a campy superhero show, it kind of looked like that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they were supposed to be making a sequel to that, and William Shatner was going to play Two-Face. But I guess that's probably not going to happen now. And I, I'd love I to think so. Yeah. Unless they already got all the recording in. And I doubt that they did because the first one just came out like November of last year or something like that. So they use, usually there's a couple of years in between stuff like that, but I'd love to see even an animated movie with Adam West and William Shatner in the same cast. That would be awesome. Yeah. But, um, John, are you there? Yeah. I am. Okay. I just want to see if you had anything to say about Adam West. Um, I mean, the same thing you, you would think, the same thing you guys said. I actually, um, I have older siblings, so uh, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think this was the first Batman that I saw. Um, and I, I, you know, promptly ignored and disdained it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I, like, I got it. You know, it was quaint. And I think it was, um, I want to say, like, when MTV was showing the monkeys, and that, like, became, like, a, a big hit. Yeah. They're like, what other 60s stuff can we show? Yeah. And, I, and that, that may have been um, when I first saw it, like, on a regular basis. Um, and, of course, you know, shark repellent. <laughs> <laughs> that was the... Uh, never forget. Yeah, that, that was, was the, the movie. The movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, I know, but the... Like it's like forever linked, the sadly defining moment. Um, the best image that I've seen uh, in my Facebook feed, as far as like in memoriam, was uh, <laughs> um, it was like the background is just all sky and clouds, and in the foreground it's him like holding the rope, walking up the side of the building. Yeah, yeah, I saw but, that. No, no, it's like the side of the. You know, but like the side, like the edge of the image. Uh, that that was that was my favorite. I thought that was nice. Yeah, and and to, I mean, Adam West was he was my the first Batman that I saw because I remember the show being on when I was real really small. My cousins used to watch it, but then they stopped showing it for a long time. And they, and after that eighty nine movie came out, it was like every channel was showing it. So that's when I really started right. watching it and knowing what it was. So it, he was he was my first Batman. Um, and this has been, I, you know, it, it, this hasn't been as emotional for me as like when Gene Roddenberry died or, or, uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy or stuff like that. But I have so many memories of that show from when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to go visit my grandparents, uh, and, you know, back in the days when cable was just kind of starting, uh, you know, it, it, I don't, I, you, you don't get quite so much anymore when you travel to a different city. You suddenly have a whole bunch of new TV shows to get used to. Right. Uh, because cable has kind of homogenized the TV landscape. Um, but it used to be, you know, you'd go visit somebody and, and there would be all different TV shows. And when I'd go visit my grandparents, one of their stations every afternoon in the weekdays would show the Batman series. And I remember sitting in my grandfather's chair Every afternoon, watching Batman with my little brother. Yeah. Um, and I just... It was such a unique property. Nothing has ever come close to it. Uh, you know, because it, it was totally campy. 
Uh, it was totally silly, but what made it the success was the fact that Adam West very wisely decided to play Batman as deadly straight as he possibly could. And I think that's what keeps the show fresh and what keeps it interesting is there's all of this goofiness. All of the villains are, you know, very over the top and, you know, they all had a blast just chewing up the scenery. But Adam West and to some extent Burt Ward as well, they played their characters as if they were in an Oscar level movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and it just it was it, it a couple years ago. uh I found I got the the entire box set, the entire TV show box set. Uh, I found it on eBay for forty bucks, and I snatched it because it yeah. was going everywhere else for like one hundred and twenty-five. Right. Um, I figured you know, it may have been stolen. I don't care. It's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, my daughter, my five-year-old daughter, loves the show. Uh, now, admittedly, she pretty much really only wants to watch the Catwoman episodes. Um, <laughs> so but say we all. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I get so much joy out of watching her enjoy this show uh, because, you know, as much as I enjoy, you know, I love the, the Michael Keaton Batman once I get over Michael Keaton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and not 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 saying he did a bad job. He did the best job Michael Keaton could do. He's just so physically wrong for the part. It just didn't make any, anyway. Um, yeah. You know, every Batman since that movie has been very dark. You know, the Dark Knight. Since Frank Miller wrote the Dark Knight Returns, uh, you know, the the whole Batman character is just dove into the dark end of the pool and stayed there. Yeah. Whereas Adam West Batman, and to some extent, some of the 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 Batman cartoons from the early late sixties, early seventies. Um, they're the only ones left that were from a time when it was, it was fun and light and something kids could watch. Yeah. Uh, and not, not have to worry about, you know, well, why did the man have to die daddy? You know, cause there was, there was you know, it was all just silliness, but it was fun and it was, and I, I'm not saying that what's happening now is bad. I'm not going, you know, in my day, we had a better Batman. None of that crap. But just, it's just nice that it's still there. And it's nice that Adam West eventually was able to accept it and to embrace it and to leave this world with us knowing that he, he, uh, he learned to love it again and learned to love us for loving him for doing it. Yeah. As opposed to just being, you know, a bitter old man who just was never, never happy that he couldn't get anything else. Yeah, and, and and going off what you said about uh, uh, Adam and and Bert taking their roles so seriously, there was a made-for-TV movie that came out about ten, twelve years ago that had Adam West and Bert Ward as themselves, and they were it was it was like they were using, making wraparound segments for a story that was showing behind the scenes of the show and things like that, and they had other people playing themselves making the show. I can't remember the name of it, but it's on the whole movie is on YouTube. That's where I saw it. But um there was a scene where the guy the guy that's playing like a younger version of Adam West is talking to the director and he's talking about his motivation for the scene. And the director's looking at him like, what are you talking about? And he say, you know, because Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And the director's like, it's not that kind of show, Adam, you know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but uh there there is one thing uh one gift that's out there, and I'm sorry, folks. You want me to say GIF? Come fight me for it. It's a GIF. Mm. <laughs> that's a, yeah, I say GIF. 
it's grammar, damn it. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's just the it's it's just a uh, the 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 bat phone on Bruce Wayne's desk, and it's just it's just blinking, and nobody's coming into the room, and it's just I I I almost cried when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I put one on the Cosmic Potato page of uh, well, it was just a picture, but it was Robin sitting and kind of holding his his head in his hand, and he's got a uh, newspaper that says Adam West passed away. But yeah, um, yeah uh, the movie I was talking about, it, actually, it is still happening because Adam recorded all of his lines before uh, before he passed. So cool. It is, is Adam. Uh, it's a uh, Batman versus Two Face is supposed to come out uh, later this year. So direct to dvd so adam west passed away at the age of 88 so long old chum and mm-hmm. rick got to yes. wa- you got to watch logan this week yes i did what did you yes, think yes i did yesterday actually uh because my the, the the youngins are off visiting their grandparents and so the missus and i are catching up on stuff yeah um please advance approximately three and a half minutes to avoid spoilers for logan uh, I liked it, but damn, is that a grim movie? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it could have done with a touch of comic relief here and there. I think <laughs> it had a it had a, it had a little bit. Yeah, it had a little bit. A very, very slight. Yeah. Uh, like you know, Nothing humorous like senility. Xavier, <laughs> yeah, Xavier telling him to f <laughs> off and <laughs> uh, <laughs> dementia. That that was the only thing I I, I you know I I am not a huge x-men fan other than you know watching the movies uh so it's not like uh i was watching childhood heroes die or anything and uh, uh, oh uh spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet um (laughs) everybody dies no not everyone but uh it just now i don't know if this came from the comics or is this if this is one of those alternate universe things but i i would have hoped that Professor X would have gotten a less ig- ignominious end. Uh, yeah, this I, is loosely it's loosely based on Old Man Logan the storyline, but in 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 the Old Man Logan storyline, Wolverine was the one that killed all the X Men. It was an accident. I can't remember exactly what happened, but he went crazy and he killed everybody. And spoiler alert, everybody for uh, Old Man Logan and for Logan the film, but Professor X accidentally killed all the x-men 10 what was it 10 years before the movie before this movie started something like that you know and so they're kind of and he doesn't remember doing it he thinks he thinks that wolverine did it you know he can't he he's even asking him at the first at the beginning of the movie what did you do logan you know and he's like i didn't do it oh (laughs) okay so but um but but yeah it's a good it's a really good movie it was it was nice to finally see uh, that Wolverine's claws make people bleed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah, thought the little girl was awesome. Uh, she did a fantastic job. I never once was like, oh, here's a kid actor trying to pretend. No, she she did a, a, a hell of a job. I was I was holding it together. And again, all right, we've already announced you know spoilers, so I was okay right up till the point where she called him daddy, and then I started the tears started coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, good movie though. Good movie. Just uh, you know, be in a good mood or or <laughs> right. Have, yeah, have hot queued up for right after it or something. <laughs> <laughs> Were you gonna say something, John? 
No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm good. Well, it, it just, this movie, it kind of makes me sad that we've been getting X-Men movies for the better part of two decades, and we had to wait this long to get this movie. But I'm glad that Fox had the guts to take a, a property that they rely on so heavily and do something completely different with it. You know, instead of just making another popcorn movie, they made an actual, like a real film, you know, and, and I, I thank them for that. <laughs> you know, it's not, I don't think it's something that a lot of studios are really willing to do. Just go a completely different route with, 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 you know, their bread and butter, uh, series. But yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. I, I saw another, if, if I, if you don't mind, yeah, yeah um, go ahead. Because I, I just finished it like an hour before we started recording. I saw Passengers. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, we, yeah. You watched that. Have y'all seen it? I have. I haven't seen it. Okay. I've not seen it. I Because I, it's a brand new movie. I don't want to spoil it. But I really liked it. And it is absolutely nothing like what the trailers make it seem to be. Yeah. That's good. Because the trailers are why I didn't want to see it. Um, yeah. The trailers are BS. Uh, it's a really good... You, there's There's a moment... Where you're like, no, 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 <laughs> and then it it kind of it sets the tone for the rest of the film, um, okay. but it's it and that 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 wasn't meaning a this is ruining the movie. It's a it, I to, I can't say anything. I no, no, was, that's fine, that's fine. It it, it was <laughs> ambiguous, and I was going to ask for clarification. And I realized I didn't want it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> that's fine. I'll definitely I'll, I'll know, see it. It's, when I know what you mean, I'll know what you mean. Yeah. You you can rent it on Amazon now, uh, and I I really recommend it. It was a the the science is a little sketchy in some points, but yeah. not enough to to ruin it. It's just kind of like uh, I mean, it's certainly nowhere near as bad as as Alien Covenant. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, check it out, Passengers and and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. We saw that yesterday too. Watch that one. Um, it's not for everybody, but I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a pretty good movie. Like I said, the 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 movie the movie was decent. I tried to read the book and I realized that they were just trying to trick me into reading Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> and so I stopped reading it. But the, but the movie the movie is good. I'll show them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not reading classic literature. I don't care how many zombies you put in it. But uh The Mummy failed last weekend and only made uh, 31 and a half million dollars cuz wonder Yeah, but it's right overseas. I liked it. Oh, have I you saw seen it? it. Okay, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it last Friday. Um, I enjoyed it, with the caveat that I love the old Wolfman, Mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula, Universal monster movies, um, and um, this is very much in that vein. Okay, it is not by any stretch of the imagination a great movie. It is. It's an okay movie. It it it's really well paced. Uh, most of the effects are great. Sophia Botella is gorgeous as Amanet, although there, she's in. Uh, well, I don't want to say she's in no way sexualized. In the, in the flashbacks, they go about as far as a PG thirteen movie can go. Um, <laughs> but once she's reborn as the mummy, yeah, if, if you find shapely corpse women sexy, okay, sure. <laughs> but, uh, Hello, not- internet. <laughs> it, it's not like they ever, they try to have her become seductive or anything. Although she kind of thinks she, it's it, and I generally am not a fan of Tom Cruise, but he was fine in this. Um, it's it's just a, it's a 
good matinee popcorn movie. Uh, you know, don't go to it expecting it to change your worldview. Don't go to it expecting to see any new ground broken or or any any uh, any you know thought provokes thoughts provoked or anything like that. But if you want to just go have a good time and watch a a modern version of an old style horror film that's not scary in the least, you could do worse than the Mummy. Yeah, they sorry, they kind of about the best endorsement I can get. <laughs> they kind of said in some of the stories that I saw that you know, because because it didn't make them what they were expecting, it kind of puts this whole dark universe thing into jeopardy. You know, because well, yeah, because this is supposed to be launching the dark universe, but it begs the question: everybody wants to have their own unit, their own cinematic universe. Do we does does everybody need a, a, a cinematic universe? You know, just because Marvel did it and it worked doesn't mean that it's going to work for everybody you know spider-man was going to do this before they before they started making spider-man homecoming the original plan was to take all of spider-man's characters and make a cinematic universe just on those because that's all sony owned and uh and i the sinister sinister six i think was supposed to be the 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 first part of that but uh yeah and but it's like every you know everybody wants to do this thing where they take all their properties and they make them take place in the same universe so that they can blend them all together and sometimes you know with marvel it worked with dc it it hasn't worked yet (laughs) i don't know if it's going to or not but um we'll know in a couple of months (laughs) yeah yeah we'll know in november (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah i just want to bring that up because uh i still plan on seeing the movie i'm probably going to wait until it comes to the discount theater that we have in town that is that is what you should do you should not i mean if you can go and catch it like i i caught it at the eight dollar matinee yeah uh and that was fine my wife didn't want to wasn't interested in going so i went by myself uh and i had a good time um see it at the dollar theater if you're lucky enough to have those in your town uh or wait for netflix or amazon don't don't spend a lot of money on this movie because then you'll be pissed you know if you (laughs) you know don't make it a hundred dollar family outing you're going to be very upset but just catch it on you know and and it's 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 just a fun it's the kind of movie that and this is talking to the old folks out there You, you guys might remember this you know the kind of movies you would see on like Sunday early afternoon, <laughs> yeah, sure. When, when there wasn't much on TV, uh, and then you'd catch like reruns of Mighty Joe Young or or, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna get into our main topic in just a second, but before we do, let's take a break and listen to a couple of advertisements for our friends over at the Millennial Falcon Podcast and over at World War G. After these messages. Hey, we're the Millennial Falcon Podcast, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. We're hosted by Anya Crittenton, Hai Chen Bui, and Willoughby Dobbs. The three of us met in college, bonding over Game of Thrones and Disney. While we've moved past Game of Thrones, we now bond once a week in a podcast that covers everything from superheroes to musicals to summer reading to Pokemon Go. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Falcon Podcast and listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Come for the hot takes, stay for the snark and puns. And the friendship that lasts forever. Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we're the hosts of the World War G Podcast. And we know Sean and John do great things, but if you need just that little bit more nerd in your life. A little bit more geek in your week. 
then head on over to worldwarg.podbean.com where we talk about everything from movies and television. Comic books and video games. Check us out at worldwarg.podbean.com. Back to you, Sean. Listen. To my confessions Just when I thought I said all I can say My chick on the side Says she got one on the way Alright, let's move into our main topic So, true confessions Slash guilty pleasures A little bit of both We'll either give a true confession Based on something that you like Or you don't like in entertainment That the, the rest of us don't know about you And that you think might be Your opinion might be different than, than The popular opinion Um like, if I were to say my true confession would be that I didn't think the following was that great of a show. Or I think Lost Highway is an underrated treasure. Or something like that, you know. Um, an example of a guilty pleasure would be a movie or a TV show that you enjoy watching that most uh, people don't. So, you usually tell people such as... I uh, usually don't tell people such as, I was a big fan of Jim and the Holograms remake. Or <laughs> something like that, you know. So, uh, I will start... My true confession, number one, is I don't understand why people like Hugh Grant. (laughs) 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 I mean, I've seen a lot of Hugh Grant movies. I can't remember any of them, which I watched his performance and thought, man, he's really good. I just, the the few of of his movies that I've seen that I did like didn't have anything to do with him being in them. I, I just think he's kind of a generic and extremely replaceable in everything that that I've seen him in, but I don't see what there is about him that makes him leading man material other than he's a decent looking guy and he has a British accent. So you guys have any, want to refute my statements? <laughs> you know, this brings up an interesting question. Um we we never really talked about I mean we talked about the topic, but we didn't really talk about our format. Like a, like um after you say your thing, is this like um this is like AA where you stand up and you tell your story and everybody, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, you, if you, you for it, sharing it, or, or it, like, I mean, because I don't, because I, because I do want, I want it to be a safe space. Oh, no. Nice. So, <laughs> so like, like if you, if you say something, um, you know, I don't want to, like, if you're like, okay, nobody likes this thing, but I like this thing. I'll be like, yeah, you should hate that thing. <laughs> well, you know? I mean, if you, if you disagree with me, then by all means, tell me that you disagree with me now. Now, if I said something like, I didn't really care for, you know, such and such movie, don't don't say, you shut your face right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or something like that, you know. But, yeah, hey, we can have a discussion. I'm fine. You do like I have, I have no opinion on Hugh Grant one Hugh way Grant. or the other. He just, <laughs> he just exists. <laughs> right. Okay. All I right. Mean, I mean, I, I think... Uh, I would guess that his appeal is that, like you said, he's, he's a good-looking guy, and he's kind of British. not quite British and kind of bumbling, you know, kind of, you know, unsure. So he's got that broken wing thing that all the ladies seem to love. Yeah, and, some, and sometimes in the eighties and nineties, most of his movies, <laughs> I have no problem watching because uh, I, I grew up watching a lot of the sitcoms from from the UK that would come on public television on Saturday nights. So I have no problem watching uh, a movie or a television show 
with someone with a British accent and understanding everything they say. Usually I'm translating it for my wife, <laughs> you know, but, um, but with him, sometimes I can't understand what he's saying. He mumbles so much, you know, he's like, what did he say? I don't know. Let me turn on the closed captioning so I can see what that last line was. But okay. So, um, all right. So we'll go around the virtual circle and I'll move over to Rick and let him go next. Okay. I would like to preface this by saying I have no shame. I am not guilty about anything I like. Uh, so, uh, but I will, I, I am happy to talk about the things that I, I like that seem to mystify others. <laughs> so, okay. Fair enough. Um, a movie that I think has been criminally underrated and berated and ridiculed uh, is Bicentennial Man, starring Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah I like yeah. that movie. Um, it, it is a very faithful adaptation of an Arthur C. Cl- uh, oh, whoa, wrong, Rick. Um, <laughs> Isaac Asimov, <laughs> uh, a short story or novella, really, it's more than a short story, uh, called the Bicentennial Man. And it's about a robot as it's part of Asimov's robot books. Um, a robot who is initially purchased to be a butler slash nanny. Uh, who then lives for 200 years, hence the the name Bicentennial Man, and uh, over that time upgrades himself to eventually become, for all intents and purposes, human. Uh, I think the movie is wonderful. Uh, I think it got, I think it fell victim to the fact that Robin Williams plays uh, the robot who, oh, I can't believe the name's escaping, John and Andrew, Andrew. Um, he plays Andrew, but he's not doing Robin Williams shtick. Mm. And that may be one of the reasons I love the movie so much. Uh, I, you know, I enjoy Robin Williams as a comedian, but I like him a whole lot more when he's acting. Uh, and when he's acting in a, in a, uh, a, a subtle and reserved way, which is that that's the unusual thing to get from Robin Williams. Um, and his performance as Andrew, going from strictly mechanical to totally human, uh, is marvelous. And I have no idea why the movie is so universally panned, uh, but I love it, and it makes me cry every time I watch it. Yeah, and I don't, I, I never understand when people say that they saw a Robin Williams movie and they didn't expect him to act like that because. Yeah, he was over the top and bouncing off the walls and stuff like that when you saw him on stage and when he was doing interviews and things like that. But a lot of his movies were serious movies. I mean, he yeah. he did have the ones like he had Mrs. Doubtfire and he had Jack and some like that. But um, uh, what was the was it Cadillac Man where he was kind of over the top a little bit? And but then <laughs> yeah, but then he had a lot of movies. I mean, some of them he was straight up dark. You know, like one hour one hour photo. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, I know I realized that, which I've always been a Robin Williams fan, but I never realized how many of his roles were so serious until he died. And I went back and, you know, I want to watch some I want to watch some Robin Williams movies. And I went back and watched like uh, one hour photo and uh, he, the one that he made with Al Pacino that I can't remember the name of now. And uh, 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 yeah, it's like the po- <laughs> Dead Poet Society and stuff like that. Yeah, he made a lot of serious roles. And when when people go see go see a movie and they're expecting to see over the top Robin Williams, I'm like you're probably not going to get that because most of his movies he, he's a lot more reserved. But see see what dreams may come if you want to see him. I've seen yeah I've best. seen that that is a good movie yeah I love that movie 
that'll tear your heart out and feed it to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, what's on your list? All right. Um, I understand like there's an overall umbrella of uh, understanding on this particular episode. Um, so we don't have to preface everything that we say with uh, like a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this one... <laughs> <laughs> if we lose like half our audience, Sean, I'm sorry. He's gonna say I don't. I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> uh, actually, <laughs> okay. So I'm not talking about the overall universe. I'm not talking about the uh, the underlying philosophies. I'm not talking about uh, the mythos, as it were. But as a film, as a singular film. If I'm going out and sitting and watching the you know hour and a half, two hours, whatever, uh, Kung Fu Panda <laughs> is a better movie than Star Wars. <laughs> you show your face right now. <laughs> there are parts. I'm, obviously, I love Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, there are parts of Star Wars that are boring. Some parts are boring, and there's good action, and there's good humor, and there's, you know, cool, pretty cool effects. Um, for 1977. For 1977. <laughs> um, the acting's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I love Star Wars. But there are parts that are just boring. And there aren't any boring parts in Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a solid film. It is a completely solid film. It is the fight scenes are really good fight scenes, the the comer the comedy. Some of it is you know a little more slapstick than I really need it to be, but it's not it's much. It's fine, and there is there there are multiple levels of comedy in it. Visually, it's fantastic as a concept that you know these actual martial arts fighting styles are embodied by these actual animals is great. Um. The, the wish fulfillment story is is great. Every there are so many little visual cues that they drop in the beginning that they pick up at the end that you may or may not notice. Um, and I'm and I, and, and again, I'm not saying <laughs> headline. John Irons does not like Star Wars. No, no, no. <laughs> I do like Star Wars. I love Star Wars very much. Um, I wouldn't necessarily expand it to the quote-unquote original trilogy of Kung Fu Panda 1, 2, and 3 versus the original Star yeah. Wars trilogy. Yeah. I would not go that far. But as a film, singular, if I have a choice between watching Kung Fu Panda and watching Star Wars, which one will I, which one will I enjoy more start to finish? It's probably Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I, right, I took it. I took I took my kids to see one of them. I don't remember if it was the first one or the second one, but my daughter was probably around seven at the time, and uh, we were leaving the theater. We're getting in the car, and I said, "Well, what'd you think of the movie?" She said, "It was good, but I like every movie that has animals doing kung fu." I was like, well, <laughs> "That's a that's a very wide genre of films, you know." <laughs> that's, that's valid. That's fair. Okay, I'm not going to disagree with you because I, I, I've only seen Kung Fu Panda one time. I'd have to watch it, and it's been v several years. I'd have to watch it again before I would 
go so far as to say that it's better than Star Wars. But I would I, I will say that I've always thought that Star Wars was about twenty minutes too long. I think that they, exactly. Yeah, I think that it could have been shaved down a little bit more, but that's one of the very few gripes that I have with that movie. I love Star Wars. There's one th- the the one big plot hole could have been solved if they'd if they'd left one line or one bit of a conversation in that if you see any of uh, 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 that they're out now, uh, Carrie Fisher's. Uh, and well, some Carrie Fisher as well as some other people, their screen tests for the for the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, part of them is a conversation between Leia and Han, where she basically says, uh, "I know we should, you know, we should go somewhere else with R two and then get another ship since they're tracking this one, but we want the Death Star to come to the Rebel base because otherwise we'll never catch it to be able to destroy it." Hmm. You know, I don't remember what exactly the lines are, but that's, you know, the big problem in Star Wars is why the hell did she go straight to Yavin? Yeah. Um, Honestly, that never even occurred to me at all. But, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. that, that's, no. that's bugged me forever. <laughs> and, and then that one little bit was like, oh, they wanted it to go there. It was a it was a gamble, but they were like, otherwise, they'll never catch it. They'll never be able to get all of their fleet to where the Death Star is. So bring the Death Star to them so they can blow it up. Um and that that to me took the entire curse off the movie. I would you know, but again, George Lucas was kind of a hack filmmaker. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, as long as we're putting forth unpopular. <laughs> I don't know how unpopular that is. I, I've 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 found that to be a more popular perspective than I would have thought, but I think that's largely due to the prequels. Yeah, well, that's where it should. That's where it finally became you know, impossible to ignore is that Lucas got very lucky twice with American graffiti and star Wars. He created a wonderful universe, uh, but his movies work so much better when other people make them. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought of, I never really think of the death star as. I mean, I know it's a ship and I know it's mobile, but you don't really see a lot of that in the movie. So I never really think about, them chasing the Death Star, just think of it as being there, and they go to it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. All right. My wife just came in and started messing with my computer, and now she's made me lose my place in my notes. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Sherry. Thanks, Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My second one is: I think Stephen King would appeal more to more people if he had nothing to do with his movie and TV adaptations. So, I can go deep with this, but in short, Stephen King... Stephen King's one of my favorite writers, and he's he's probably the most well-known and most successful modern living writer. That being said, movies and TV shows based on his works can be some of the most god-awful pieces of crap you've ever seen. All those TV miniseries that they made in the 80s and the 90s, uh, and then there was Cat's Eye and Thinner... These are terrible movies. <laughs> the the one, <laughs> the ones that are actually good, like Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me, and things like that, are the ones that he didn't really have a whole lot of creative control over. So I think he should stick to writing books and stay out of production. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on, Creep Show is fun. Oh yeah, well, the Creep Show wasn't <laughs> Creep Show wasn't really based on a book that he wrote. 
That no. was a, that was a screenplay that he wrote and, or that he helped write. Um, but you know, he's a writer, and he he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a problem ruining his own work. I mean, like he said, like like I said in, in the last episode that we did, Under the Dome infuriated me. This was a TV show that came out a few years ago. He ruined that story because he dragged it out to make it an open ending t- an open ended TV show instead of doing it as a miniseries that had a beginning, middle, and end. You know, they tried to keep it going. Well, let's do season two and season three. I'm, wh- I'm like, why? It was one book. You just <laughs> just stop. But uh, I mean, kind of like what American Gods seems to be doing. Yeah, it's, they're, they're, <sighs> there's going to be a lot of filler there. But but American they, Gods. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. What, <laughs> they didn't e- they didn't even do that with Under the Dome. It wasn't like they just put filler in, but they were going to the same place. They changed the whole thing so that they could leave it open. And they started doing things that were not even close. And they started, you know, and there was characters that were dying that were supposed to live and all that kind of stuff, you know. And it was just by the, by the middle of the second season, I bailed on that show. But, um, well, I think, do you think they were trying to, um, and I, I bailed before the end of the first season, just full disclosure. Yeah. Uh, do you think they were trying to like to Walking Dead it, and like you know kind of change around what happened in the yeah, source but, material to yeah, but I, you know I, I give Walking Dead a little more leeway because it's a series that's still being made. This was just one book, and it was a it was a really good book the way it was written, and there was a lot going on in that book. There was a lot of characters and everything, but the the whole story in that book took place over one week. And I think that if they had just done one season and just 15 episodes and told that story, it would have been a lot better. But instead, they did a season two and they did a season three. And they were they were off book at the end of the first season, you know. Yeah, I, I, um, I didn't read the book, um, but I agree with you. I mean, it was clear that they were stretching things out that didn't need to be stretched out. Yeah. They, I, I think that was during a time and maybe we're still in that time where there's no you know the 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 format of a mini series is just non existent anymore. Like it's either it might be a summer series or it might be a um you know, it might be a short it might be an eight episode series. Yeah, they don't really call but, it a mini series anymore. It's just like a right, like a limited series. They right. There's there's always kind of the the possibility of it might be back for another season as opposed to this is this story, and it takes this many episodes to tell, and then that's it. Yeah, like every, there's like for whatever reason, the idea of, um, you know, a an eight hour movie, and then that's and then it's done, seems to have fallen by the wayside. Yeah. If we're so since we're since we're confessing heresies tonight, anyway, I don't like Stephen King. I've tried to read. See, I've tried to read it, The Stand, Christine. Uh, I feel like there's one other I've tried to read. I've never gotten more than a few chapters into a Stephen King book. And I, no, that story doesn't interest me in the least. Um, you know, granted I am not a huge horror fan, but I just, I don't like his writing style. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I can read horror a lot better than I can watch it. Um, like Dan Simmons, if you've ever read any of his horror books, is absolutely terrifying. But his his prose is like poetry. He can take the horrific and turn it into beauty while terrible things are happening. Stephen King, he writes like 
you know, like you're listening to the guy at the garage down the street tell you the story, which I dig. That's probably why he's so popular, but it doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, and I'm not a big fan of his movies either. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can see that. that and he's not for everybody, he, but he does write. I mean, he writes a lot more than just. He's mostly known for his horror, but there is a lot of stuff that he writes that's not horror. You know, um, he wrote a, a a fantasy novel called I think it was called Eye of the Dragon or Eyes of the Dragon, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dark Tower series is a lot more fantasy than it is uh horror it's got some horror in it you know because that's just where his mind goes but uh but yeah it's a lot more fantasy but um but yeah i can understand that and plus it's hard for somebody um to get into a lot of his books because like i said in last episode he gets paid by the inch because (laughs) (laughs) because he writes really big books and some of his books are not that thick some of them are. Some, he likes to experiment with things. You know, he did the thing a few years ago, well, several years ago, where um, he's got a a pseudonym that he writes under some sometimes where he calls himself Richard Bachman, and uh, he did a he did a, spoiler. He, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he wrote two novels that came out at the same time that used the same characters but put them in different settings, and he wrote one as Stephen King and the other as Richard Bachman, and they were kind of supposed to go together. You know, he does. He does that kind of stuff sometimes. He uh, the the Green Mile. I know you, everybody's uh, probably seen that movie. When that book came out, he wrote that book serialized. He, he released. Uh, there was a, a a very thin book that came out every month for about six months, and uh, and you were supposed to go and buy the latest edition. You know, so he like he likes to to do the gimmicks sometimes. And uh, but yeah, there's a lot of movies out there based on his works that are not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and and let me just clarify for anyone out there who are you know is a huge Stephen King fan and is pissed off at me right now. <laughs> I admire Stephen King. I you know I loved Creepshow to not to, to keep harping on it, but and one of my favorite bits in Creepshow is the is the sad light the sad demise of Jordy Verrill. I love watching King on screen, um, but uh, I just I just don't don't care. And, and yes, you're right. The Green Mile was awesome. I saw it once. Don't ever need to see it again, <laughs> but it's yeah. a, it's a wonderful movie. Um, yeah, and another I, one another one that I don't think he had a he was involved in a whole lot of the production, and those are the ones that end up being better because when he really gets in there and starts messing with it, then it turns to crap. Like they did the TV version of The Shining. <laughs> they did the TV version of The Shining because he hated the original version so much. And so he did his own version and and put it on TV and it was not not good, you know. <laughs> well, Maximum Overdrive it was the one he tried to direct on his own and it yeah. was it's widely re- regarded as one of the worst movies ever. Yep, it is bad. <laughs> it is it is bad. <laughs> okay, Rick, what's the next one on your list? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, as long as we're into the, uh, I, I did something I like that is much berated. How about a, a, a confession here? I don't think Blade Runner is all that great. No, I've seen Blade Runner maybe one time, and it was okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a bad movie, but I have never understood why it is so venerated in the in the in the public eye. Uh, you know, it to me, Blade Runner is kind of like Tarantino in that when it came out, I guess it sort of it struck a nerve with people who thought science fiction was far too clean, maybe. Uh, but I think the the perception of the movie 
is far greater than the movie actually itself is. Uh, about six and a half years ago, uh, my wife mentioned that she hadn't seen it. And so uh, we put it on, and I sat there and I watched it, watched it with it. Now, don't ask me which one of the 750 different versions of it we watched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was the... It was whatever was was available on demand. It was our you know our first foray foray into video on demand. It's like, hey, look, Blade Runner. Have you ever seen this, honey? No. I was like, oh, Blade Runner is great. And I watched it, and I was bored to tears. <laughs> and I mean, it's not a bad movie by any stretch, but it is in. in uh, You're basically just watching it, waiting for the androids to show up and bite. Aside from that, it's yeah. It's just it's a you know it's a fine movie. I just don't think it's this this uh, you know genre defining epic that everyone seems to think it is. And uh, I have absolutely no interest in the sequel unless I hear it's amazing. Because um, yeah. what Ridley Scott has done in the last few years has not really impressed me all that much. So. Uh, and I know he's not directing the, the the sequel, but he's executive producing it. So, yeah, I really I really like the the Martian, but other than the Martian, I can't really think of anything that Ridley Scott's done that I'm just crazy about. But. Well, Scott is good when he's got good stuff to work with. I think what we've seen from Prometheus and Alien Covenant is that if you give Ridley Scott a good script, he will make it gorgeous. If you give him a bad script, he will make it gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ridley Scott compared with Dan O'Banion, Dan O'Bannon, sorry, uh, and Ron Suchet gave us Alien. Ridley Scott comp- combined with uh, a bunch of other people, including Damon frickin' Lindelof, and you get frickin' Prometheus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, visually stunning films that are absolute garbage in all other sense. Uh, you know, Covenant was a little bit better because uh, Lindelof wasn't involved. Not that I place a whole lot of blame for my pain over the last decade on Lindelof, but um, you, know, you know, Covenant was a better film than Prometheus, but it was still crap. But it was beautiful crap. <laughs> <laughs> In in my opinion, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. John, what's the next one on your list? Um, so I'm looking at my list. And it's kind of a long list. So I think I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, we're probably going to go one more round after this. and then, and then... Well, yeah, I was thinking... I, 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 uh, I, I did the same thing. As, I guess it's kind of the, the natural uh, separation into uh, stuff that everybody else likes that I don't like stuff that I like that nobody else likes. And I actually have a kind of a third category that's like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to describe it. I guess stuff that I like that I'm not supposed to like. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll, I'll do, uh, you know, I'll just run through the list. All right. So stuff that I, Stuff that everyone else seems to hate that I don't think is that bad. Or even good. I think it's good. Or it's not that bad. Uh, ben Affleck as an actor. We've discussed this on the show. I like Ben Affleck. Uh, uh, a lot of people hate Ben Affleck. I, I don't get that either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I haven't seen the one in the theaters, and I didn't really like the the last one, the uh, with the mermaids. It was meh. But the first three, I thought I like. I enjoyed them all equally. And I know, like for a lot of people, after the first one, they all sucked. I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, I enjoyed and enjoy uh, all of the new Star Trek films. I think I like them. Even into darkness. Even into darkness. All right, I, I liked it. Go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I I I I hear the complaints about it. I, I listened to a uh, uh, fantastic show, by the way, Sean. The, the last uh, Prime Direction that was great. Oh, that Michelle Michelle today. Speck, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I know that you and her are like on totally on the same page with like he didn't earn it. And I get that, and I hear it, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but it didn't bother me. I think for me, I was think I, I kind of assumed it was more like these two souls are entwined. In every universe, they are connected, and they may not understand it, and it may not be based on the length of time they've known each other or anything like that, but some souls are bound together. So it didn't bother me so much that uh, that one was affecting the other in that way. Um, which seems to be like one of the major complaints about, about that film. But aside from that, I liked it. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you because when I, when I saw the movie in theaters, I, I liked it other than Mostly that that one scene I didn't like, but uh, I enjoyed the first one. I really enjoyed the third one. The second mm. one, I mean, I had fun when I watched it. I go back and I watch it again, and there's and I find things wrong with it that I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes but. it's like that. Some, sometimes you'll sometimes one thing or one aspect can just you know can tank a movie or something for you. That's yeah, it happens. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say um, that I don't like the movies because if they make another one, I'll go see it. You know, it's it's, it's Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing with Into Darkness, and I, I was the same way. I loved it the first time I saw it. I liked it the second time I saw it. I think I might have seen it four times. I think I've seen all of them four times uh, in the theaters before they got away. Um, it was just, with Into Darkness, after you th- I went away and started thinking about it, and then the more I thought about it, and the more I thought about the things they did, uh, the more angry I got. Um, and it's not just the the, the rip, you know. And, and I don't want to go off on you know, crapping all over into darkness because that's a that's a whole show in itself. Um, <laughs> but you know, my my biggest problem with the first two movies is that they are someone making Star Trek movies based on what he's heard about Star Trek. Yeah. As opposed to, uh, you know, Star Trek Beyond, where it was written by people who actually know and love Star Trek. Um, so what J.J. Abrams did was make movies based on the cultural uh, perception of Star Trek, as opposed to what Star Trek really was. So you have Kirk being this uncontrollable womanizer and Scotty being sort of this bumbling, I'm going to give it all she's got, Captain, and McCoy constantly being grumpy and, you know, all of these tropes that everybody quote unquote knows about star trek 
Um, so that that was kind of my I mean, but I still enjoy because the performances are so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the cast is what saves all of the movies. Uh, so, you know, I, I I rejoice that you can still enjoy Into Darkness because I wish that I could recapture <laughs> the fun I, I had I, watching it the first couple of times. It has been. I mean, I haven't seen it probably since the first time. Uh, I mean, I saw it maybe maybe twice in the theater. Um, and, uh, when it came like to, uh, I think Hulu and, uh, like Netflix, I think I watched it once. Um, and I, yeah, I, yes, still enjoyed it. Um, so, but you know, that said, it's been years. Uh, I would probably enjoy it if I were to watch it again today. Um, and the last on that list that I have is, uh. Pitch Black Chronicles of Riddick. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the third one, but yeah, I think the, the Chronicles of Riddick people really seem to hate. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I, I never it. saw it. Yeah. I really liked Pitch Black, but I never saw the. I never saw the Chronicles. It, it, of it is very. It. I mean, Pitch Black is basically a monster movie. It's like yeah. a sci-fi horror movie, and Chronicles of Riddick is not. It's. It's more of. Um, I guess you would call it an action adventure, um, but I thought it was—I thought it was great. I, I thought it was a, you know, a fantastic example of how do you expand a simple story to a larger narrative. And okay, he's not just this thing; he's also this thing, and that, and that means this and this and this and this and this and this. And this. I thought they did a great job, um, and. I haven't seen the third one in part because it looked like, although I've heard good things about it, um, by all appearances, they, they basically just like the second movie never happened. And, you know, it's like peach black too. Um, and I'm, 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 I can't prejudge it cause I haven't seen it, but that based on the trail is based on what I've seen from it. That's why I haven't, I haven't watched it. Um, right, so that's the stuff that everybody hates. Oh, Will Wheaton is Wesley Crusher. Did I say that one? No. He's fine. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's fine. He's a, he's a super genius kid on a spaceship, and he does some stupid kid stuff, and he does some genius kid stuff. Um, he's fine. He's just he's fine. Uh, I, got, <laughs> I, don't, I really don't care. I've never understood it, the, the the hatred. I mean, it's like it's like deep. It's yeah. like they. It's like he slapped y'all's mama. <laughs> like it's, I mean, he's he really didn't do anything. Yeah, he's he's kind of obnoxious and he's kind of annoying, but he's a geek. He's a little geek kid. And yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's how geek kids are. I, I, yeah, I never got why there was so much hate for him. All right. Uh, the next one on my list, and this, all right. So this is a this is a confession, and it's it has nothing to do with the quality of the product <laughs> or anything I don't know like that. Always apologize. Yeah, apologize yeah. But the the statement is this, okay? And is it, it's shocking based on the fact that I'm a geek and I go to conventions and stuff like that. But I've never seen Battlestar Galactica. Either <gasps> version. Either version, no, because Dude. and the, the the reason for that I know is shocking, 
The reason for that is because <laughs> the the show started in what two thousand four, and uh, yeah, yeah, oh, four or five. Okay, like that. so I didn't have cable, and it was it was on the Sci Fi Channel, so I didn't watch it when it first ran. I I couldn't afford cable. And um, okay. and then of course I didn't buy the DVDs because if I could buy the DVDs I'd just have cable, <laughs> you know. So okay. uh, and now it's on Netflix and everything. I've just never gone back and and watched it. So it's on it's on the list of 500 other shows that I'm going to catch up on eventually. <laughs> but yeah, I've never I've never actually watched. And I know the guys my age when you say Battlestar Galactica, they're talking more about the the newer version. I've never seen the old one either. So. You can skip that. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's, it's yeah. okay, but it was. Really it was fun could, for what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. Like you could watch, you know, a few episodes and you'll get it. That's really much all you need to do. I I I would. All right, I'm not going to say that you should watch it uh, because yeah, there's there's so much stuff to do uh, and only so many hours in the day. Um, I will say this: I would love to get your take on the finale given yeah uh given your real life proclivities and that sounds <laughs> sounds pretty scandalous i guess it does and it's and it's not in the least but i can't clarify it without kind of spoiling so you know, I'm, not, I'm not sure which you're referring to ah uh. <laughs> that's fine how many, se- how many seasons? How many seasons were there? It's four ish. Five, maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, there was that huge gap in the middle of season four. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's four. So it's, it you felt know, like five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like watching it, and just a um, of- just so yeah, it's not. I, it was really good. It was kind of dark. No, it was really dark. Um, it lost its way a few times. Yeah, uh, but I think it was some of the best science fiction television ever done, and I think the ending was very brave. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't like the ending. I thought that it took it took some real ideological cojones to go the way they did. Uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to go any further. In case you want to watch it, yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it eventually. <laughs> I'm. Uh... <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay, Rick, you got any more? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, l- like I said, I'm not I- I'm not guilty at all about the things I like. I thought the Alien versus Predator movie, I love Tank Girl. I mean, how can you not love a movie that has a Buzzaby Berkeley style musical number in the middle of it for no effing reason whatsoever? <laughs> uh, I will always love Ice Pirates. I watched it again <laughs> last year. It's a terrible movie, but it's it so much a terrible fun. movie. <laughs> but it is fun. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't agree. The because robot it, diarrhea, I think probably was. <laughs> yeah. It was never meant to be anything other than silly, and so it was just it was a total send up of the Dune kind of style of of uh, you know serious sort of this this feudalism in the future sort of sort of movie that uh, I think they they. It's Robert Urich and and uh, Den- not Denise Crosby, um, Kathy. No, anyway, and uh, Ron Perlman, Angelica Houston. It, it's just it's a it's a wonderful cast. They're having a ball. 
the the movie is stupid, but it's fun. Uh, and I will defend Ice Pirates to my. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a couple of things I put on that were on the Facebook page because I put this on our Facebook page to kind of get uh, some listeners to give us some of their uh, confessions. So I want to read a couple of those. Uh, Jim Arrowwood, uh, Rick, you know him. Oh yeah, he's a great guy. He says I very much a lot. I, may, I very much dislike modern mad slasher gory horror movies but i love the old black and white films that left more to the imagination Agreed. Uh, lloyd mahaffey mr mahaffey was my english teacher in high school <laughs> he nice. says uh i really dislike the netflix versions of well he says jennifer jones but i know he means jessica jones and uh he says fantastic four and daredevil there's not a netflix version of fantastic four mr mahaffey i'm not sure but uh I don't know. Daredevil, and I'm not going to say I disagree with you, but I disagree with you. <laughs> I, I like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, but... Uh, He's spot on about Fantastic Four, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming... Whichever version he's talking about. I, I'm assuming he's talking about the, the, the newest version of Fantastic Four. It's not necessarily a, a Netflix show, but yeah. Yeah, he's that right wasn't the that. thing wearing the pants. Ones, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Ben Shu says, he I hate the idea of a female doctor. I'm, I I disagree with that too. <laughs> I think that the yeah. that we could we could time use, is come. Yeah, uh, and then on my personal page, I posted the same thing. I, there was a couple of responses, and let me scroll down and find it. Okay, so Christina Howard, who is on the show, uh, she's been on the show several times. Uh, she says I don't like Buffy. I've ne- I've never <gasps> seen, yeah. You shut your mouth right now. Um, <laughs> I've never seen The Fifth Element, and I love Superman Returns. Actually, she said that about Superman Returns on the show before. And I wish I'll, I could say I never saw The Fifth Element. <laughs> I hate I'm, that I'm movie so much. I'm surprised she doesn't like Buffy. It would seem, but but that's another thing that I've, I've discovered that I just assumed was like a universal that I've found a lot of people really are not. Whedon fans, yeah, like they, I've they, dis- yeah. I've discovered I, I that lately too. I have a host of another show I do who is not a Whedon fan at all. Yeah, yeah. and has no bone saying. <laughs> and then uh, Greg Blanchard says, uh, "I have, yeah. I haven't owned a comic book since junior high school, and I haven't, <laughs> and I haven't read one cover to cover since high school. I have no credibility in this area. Even watching the movies, it makes me think." It makes me think I know what non-sports fans feel like watching a big game. <laughs> so I like that. And uh, and then for me, just to throw in the couple that I had left on my list, uh, I and I mean it doesn't warrant any explanation really, but I don't I don't get why people love Trailer Park Boys. Uh, I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> of, I wasn't a big fan of Avatar. And uh, I think that Avatar's uh, mo- mainly it was good because of the 3D. And now that it's on not in theaters, it's it's you know dances with wolves with blue people, yeah. cat people, Fern Gully. Yeah, Fern Gully. Uh, and uh, Seth Rogen is a very talented actor, but he's too lazy to get out of his typecast. So <laughs> that's a good well, one. I'll, I'll I'll agree with the first words of that sentence and the last part of the sentence. I don't know if I'll agree with the very talented actor part, but uh. <laughs> I think I think there is a talented actor in there. I just I, I, yeah. he's been in a couple of things, and he is he is a creative guy because even though I had uh, I had a problem. 
personally, with the movie Sausage Party, I can't deny that it was a creative premise for a film. And then, you know, he's executive producer on Preacher, and that show's doing things that you've never seen on TV before. And uh, he, did, did he co-write or co-produce or something uh, 50-50? He, he, was, he, was in, he was in 50-50, and I thought well, he was yeah, really I know, good I know in, he it, was yeah. in it. But I think he did something behind the scenes. That was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, that was a good movie. Was a really good and movie. it kind of took the character that he always plays in, in, in every movie that he's in, and it gave it like a different dimension to it. So he had a little more heart, and, you know, it kind of opened that up. You know, Seth Rogen is an onion. He has layers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I have a quick question for you, Sean. Okay. Um, just because uh, even though I am hundreds and hundreds of miles away, I do value my life. Uh, y- your wife wants us to ask you about Grey's Anatomy. Hey, Sherry. <laughs> I am not. Okay. I am not a fan of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Sean, okay. it's okay. Okay, this is this is the thing. Okay, there are several <laughs> there are several shows on TV that I watch that my wife hates. Okay, like I watch, I, I love Better Call Saul. I love Fargo. Um, shows like that, I watch them every week. She hates them. Uh, Supergirl, Flash, all that kind of stuff. She doesn't like any of that stuff. So there are two or three shows every week that she likes that I watch with her. And one of them is Grey's Anatomy. One of them is Chicago, is Chicago Fire. So the thing that happens is that we start watching this show, and I'll look over at her, and she's sitting there watching, looking at her phone, not paying <laughs> attention to the show. And then she'll look up and she'll say, what happened? And I'll explain everything that just happened. And she makes it sound like I'm like a fangirl or something like that. <laughs> now she's coming in. She's coming, she's coming in the den to laugh at me now. Thanks a lot. I don't... I don't know who any of the people are on the show because cause I'll even ask her. I, like, I thought that person was dead, you know, or something like that. But okay, I'll get you back. That's all right. I, I'll get you back. Good job, guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for this well, episode. Uh, b- Go ahead. Before we run away, I just I just want to give one more quick recommendation. Okay. And to to, to both of you guys too. Uh, if you've seen it already, then just do it. But if you haven't seen it, after you watch Passengers. Go to YouTube and look up uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence insult contest. It's hilarious. I think it's I, a, it's, I think I saw that. It's been a it's while. It's a clip though. from a British show where they have they have two people sit down and they have like a a grade school recess level insult insult competition until <laughs> one of them just can't go on anymore. And Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. It's hilarious. The 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 coup de gras is worth sitting through it's it's only about four minutes long but it's brilliant yeah yeah she can i'm, I'm sure she can hold her own <laughs> in arguments yeah, she's, she's spunky yeah. <laughs> all right that'll do it for this episode uh i want to thank uh, rick for being here thank you sir you're very welcome thank you very much <laughs> and john thanks again <laughs> i kind of uh, sounded like i kind of sound like i was trying to do my <laughs> william shatner john thanks again <laughs> <laughs> uh by the time by the time this episode comes out on Saturday, Awesome Con will be happening, actually happening. Woo. So if you're in the DC area, go over there and check that out. Look for John, he'll be signing autographs. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
to be fair, if someone came up and said, "Hey, would you sign this autograph?" I would probably sign it. <laughs> but it's not like I got a booth or a table or a pen, so you have to provide that. <laughs> yeah, bring your own, bring your own marker. Yeah, I, I actually right. I went online because uh, Ming Chen is going to be at Awesome Con, right? Um, yes, he's going to be at Magic City Con. And uh, Magic City Con is coming up on June 30th here in Birmingham, so you can go to magiccitycon.com, find out more about that. But I went to Amazon and I bought a box set of action figures of comic book men. And um, I'm going to take it with me to the convention and get Ming to sign it, hopefully. Actually, Sean, <laughs> I, I, I had a great idea uh, yesterday. Um, Ming might not think it's a great idea, but I think it's a great idea. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going to you to convince him to do it. Okay. Right? Okay. So, uh, like, have someone take a photo of you and him. He's he's standing there with like two thumbs up, big smile, right? Two thumbs up, big smile, and you're on one side of him, either on his right or left shoulder. It doesn't matter to me. Pick one. And so they'll take the picture, and then at Awesome Con, I'll track him down, and he'll do the same pose. And I'll be on the other shoulder, and I'll Photoshop, uh, I'll like do like a split screen, so like the three of us are in the photo together, and like I've got the awesome con background, and you've got the Magic City con background, and it's all Ming all the time. I will, right? I will try to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I will attempt to do so. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 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 basically just a photo, and we'll you know we'll do the rest. Yeah. You just have to remember which shoulder you're on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, that would be so weird. Yeah. Or, or you know, like you, you like one of you make sure your arms are up a little higher than the other one. Then you can do sort of like this Indian multi-armed god sort of thing. Yeah, we could be like a totem pole <laughs> or something. <laughs> and be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Podcast Addict on the Android Store. Leave us a rating and a review. We sure appreciate it. And if you want to get in touch with us, go to our website at CosmicPotato.com and click on the contact tab. That'll give you links to our Facebook and Twitter pages as well as our email, which is mail at CosmicPotato.com. And be sure to join us next week, same bat time, same bat channel, when you might hear John say... So, uh, there's one more kind of uh, in this vein of things that everybody likes that I just didn't really like. And it also segues nicely into a new section that we discussed having. Instead of doing a show, I think it'll just be like a, a, a repeating, a, a recurring uh, little bit. And we'll call it 80s Movie Cliff Notes. <laughs> and uh, it's The Breakfast Club. I know, iconic, blah, blah, blah. Speaks my generation. I didn't really like it. And here's why. For those of you who don't know, The Breakfast Club is about a bunch of high school kids who are stuck in detention on a Saturday and they're all different kinds of kids it's like there's the prom queen and there's the jock and there's the uh, like the punk guy and there's the nerd there's the weirdo chick uh, but this was the moral this is the takeaway that I got from the breakfast club uh, everybody's stuck in detention all Saturday um, and everybody hooks up except for the nerd <laughs> and nobody does their homework except for the nerd who does everybody's homework. The end. <laughs> Everybody made the nerd do their homework. I hated that movie. <laughs>